From the headquarters of the Jameson Media Complex, broadcasting from the GreenIndustryPodcast.com studios, it's the Green Industry Podcast, where Paul and his guests discuss lawn and landscape business best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, Paul Jameson. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to today's podcast episode where we're going to talk about how to vet customers. This is something that is so important. I am telling you from experience where I took on jobs and I took on actual customers where it turned out to be either an unprofitable or even times a very frustrating work environment where people would just get on your nerves and suck the life out of you. And a lot of times there's a correlation to those jobs end up not being you know, good financially. And so we're going to talk about both of those aspects today. How do we get jobs that financially have higher profit margins as well as working for people? Because at the end of the day, we're not just servicing the blade of grass or the plant, which we are. And those are living organisms as well, but they're low maintenance, if you know what I mean. They just got to keep to themselves, but we're actually dealing with people. We're dealing with human beings and there are bad apples out there, folks there. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but you do this long enough. You'll have your stories as well. There's people out there that it's almost like they enjoy making our life miserable. And so it will get into it here just coming up. All right. It's going to be a fun episode. I got the story after story. So, hey, first and foremost, let's thank today's show sponsor. And that is our friends over there at Smart Rain. I believe they're going to be on the podcast next week. Looking forward to interviewing them. And uh, we appreciate them partnering with us here at the Green Industry Podcast. Okay. So this has been a highly requested topic. And it's not our first time talking about vetting customers on the green industry podcast. We have almost 400 episodes. And so there's been many references to this uh, for many leaders in the industry. And even I think all the way back, it was episode like 15, way, 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 way back. What's Chris Berman say? Back, 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 back. All the way back there. Mr. Producer say, don't do that again. Okay. You know, It was like episode 15. Caleb Allman uh, came on right out the gate. No one knew who Caleb Allman was. And I got him on the show and uh, we talked about vetting customers. And then people are like, who's this guy, Caleb Allman, you know, and now him and like Fullerton are best friends. And and we kind of introduced him to the world. And now Mr. Producer is one of your customers. And uh, Mr. Producer is producing the Kick Contractor podcast. But back to what I was saying, we have mentioned this a lot on the show. For newer guys, I just want to let, everybody knows. So you don't stone me. This is something that I'm learning and you never graduate from vetting customers. We are constantly acquiring new customers and we need to keep that knife, so to speak, very, very, very sharp so that we can discern what customers, what jobs are good for our business and which ones are bad for our business. And so never say, Oh, I got that figured out. I know how to vet customers. You know, it's in our, it's on our manual. It's in our playbook. (laughs) Okay. Well, it doesn't quite work like that. Although we do need principles. We do need boundaries. We we can have in writing of what we do and we don't accept, but we are dealing with human beings at the end of the day. I know the plants are living organisms and the sod, you know, the grass, the blades of grass, there's, 
things that we deal with that are, I'm using the term low maintenance, but meaning the the plant and the grass doesn't talk back to us, right? You, you feed it the proper sunlight, water, and air and cut it with a sharp blade of grass and, you know, do, do the due diligence with the fertilizer. It's going to be happy, but people aren't necessarily like that. You could do the perfect job and still have uh, miscommunication, still have issues. And there's always a bad apple, right? You had Judas, you had, you had 12 good, or pardon me, 11 good and one bad. And that ratio seems to be about accurate. If, as I look back on my business for, for every 10 or 11 good, there is that bad apple. So how do we identify those, whether it's an actual human being in person or whether it's just a job? And so that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. All right. So first and foremost, I got so much to say about this topic. I'm going to try to get it all here in one show, but this is a lot to talk about. So number one, before we get into the people aspect of this, and we'll do that uh, in the second half of, of the interview, but I want to talk about the service aspect of vetting customers because this is where we need to have guardrails or boundaries established. So if the job is within our wheelhouse or within our boundary, then we can say a preliminary, let's move forward with considering this job before we even get to the people dynamic of it. But if it's outside of that boundary, if it's outside of our services offered, then it's a hard no. It's, it's no, we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're not uh, going to take that on. And the issue that a lot of us have in the early parts of starting these lawn, landscape, hardscaping businesses is everything's blurry and there's not a clear, precise what we offer and what we don't offer. And so I'm going to give some illustrations of the beginnings of my business and how I had everything blurred and how it cost me and why I recommend that we really take the time with our mentors, with our leadership teams and discuss this season this specific season, and those of you listening in real time, we're getting into the spring of 2021. I know in podcasting land, you guys may be listening and maybe a whole nother calendar year, but this season, this spring rush, what are we offering? And having that established beforehand and why, and then what are we not offering? Because that's going to help us to vet jobs, customers so much easier because it's already defined for us. And then if we don't have those defined, then what happens is there's so much gray, there's so much blurry, and we ended up we end up getting uh, suckered in to a job that's not the best fit for us. And there's nothing worse. Trust me, friends, there's nothing worse than being in the spring rush and you're stuck on a job that you're not making a high profit margin on and the customer's sucking the life out of you. Meanwhile, there's all this potential work. There's all these great jobs that you're turning down because you're stuck on the job that you should have never taken in the first place. Some of you who are veterans, you're like, yep, Paul, I know exactly what you're talking about. Been there and done that. So have I. And so I'm going to share, actually, I'm going to come out of the gate and I'm going to share my very first uh, introduction into this and how I'm sharing the story to reiterate why we need to have that boundary and that plan set up coming out of the gate. When I started, I did not have 
any idea what I was doing. Okay. I, I didn't really understand the equipment fully. I didn't have equipment other than a, a 21 inch fold away lawnmower. My buddy would let me borrow his handheld blower and weed eater. And that's all I had. And the only experience I had was cutting Frank's yard. He was my next door neighbor growing up. I'd cut his yard with his own mower for 20 bucks. So that was about as much knowledge as I had about of the, the industry. I couldn't have told you the difference between Bermuda grass and zoysia grass and soil temperatures and uh, the rate per man hour industry. I, I didn't know anything, any of this stuff financially or even in the executing the services. I was just brand new. Well, I'm cutting Maria's yard, $25, which now I would probably probably I'm trying to think she'd probably be like $85 property, maybe 75. So somewhere in there. Okay. I'm just trying to paint you the the picture of, of what I should have charged versus what I was charging. I was like one third below of where I needed to be. And I obviously would have gone out of business real fast if I would have stuck to those prices. Nevertheless, I'm, I'm cutting Maria's yard for $25. And she asked me, Hey, can you do a project for us? And I didn't know what to do. Or pardon me, I didn't know what I was doing. And and so she's like, I was like, what do you need done? And she needed some sod in the backyard. And she's like, all their beds were basically weed infested. And so she's like, we want to remove all the weeds and the little mulch that's left over. We want to, I mean, it hadn't been mulched in probably like two years, but we wanted to transfer that to uh, this Alabama rose stone decorative rock. And she's like, is that something that you can do? Well, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any boundaries of what we offer, what we don't offer. And let me just say right, right then and there, I should have, if I would have been more, you know, beefed up with uh, business IQ, I should have known I have a lawnmower. I have a weed eater. I have a blower and I need money. Why don't I just stay in my lane here? Cause my phone was ringing off the hook. Cause I was, my marketing campaign was awesome. I was walking around putting my raggedy business cards in people's front doors, mail by handing them out, you know, and it was working like for real, like people were calling me a lot yet. I should have just received those calls, cut grass, make cash and, and you know, try to financially get my house in order. But that's not what I did. <laughs> I told Maria, yeah, we'll do it we'll do it. And here I am. Okay. My, this is my first job now, landscaping job. I don't know what, I don't even know what to do next. And she's like, okay, well, what do we got to do to get started? And I was like, well, you know, and I'm fumbling around. I was like, if, if you can order this, <laughs> so don't laugh at me guys. This was my first week or maybe it was my second week in business. It, nevertheless, it was within my first month of business. All right. Right out of the gate. And I'm doing everything wrong. And I say, well, you know, just call, there was a, there was a place right by where she lived called luxury landscape for those. I know we got a huge Atlanta listing audience right there off of 316. I was like, well, I think they sell decorative stone there. Why don't you call them, have them deliver it. And then we'll just spread it out for you. And, and, and then we can get rid of the weeds. You know what I mean? So she's like, yeah, that's a good idea. So her husband orders the stone and has a big old pile of decorative stone put in the driveway and it was too much. And so I, I, I didn't realize you know, I kind of gave her a ballpark. So how many yards do you think I need? And I called one of my friends and I was telling him and he's, you know, he's, I, it was just out of control how, you know, bad at business I was my first month in the, in the game. And obviously you guys listening know I should have ordered the material myself, marked up the price of that, padded in some profit just in that, had an exact measurement. You don't want too much material, especially it's not even mulch, which is fairly easy. The rock is heavy. And so then she asked me, well, how much is it going to be? 
And now I got to figure out my labor costs, which I don't know how long it's going to take to prep the beds and then spread all this and, and all, the whole story. And so I called my buddy who had been doing landscaping. He just started a nursery and he was really in the weeds, so to speak, with his new nursery business. He had a rough first year and that eventually turned the corner and he just kind of threw out to me. I was telling him the project and I could tell he didn't really have time for me. He was just so busy and he just like a thousand bucks, you know, charge him at least a thousand bucks. And it just kind of told me that number. And so I told her a thousand bucks, which that seemed like so much money to me. I was like a thousand dollars. I asked her to give me 500 up front and then the other 500 when we finished. Well, long story short, the job took us like a week because I didn't know what to do with the sod installation and figured that out on the fly. And, and YouTube wasn't really, it wasn't like there's YouTube videos back then. It was call friends and just figure it out type things. And the rock took us so long to spread. I was used to spreading mulch at my parents' house as a kid, but rock, I mean, it's just like you put the shovel and you're like, ouch, you know, and it's so heavy. And then the wheelbarrow and it was hot. It was, you know, like 85 hot, hot, hot Atlanta humid degree temperature. And I'm having friends help me every day and I'm paying them. And, and needless to say, I lost, I literally lost money on the job, the thousand bucks. But by the time I paid out all the labor for a week of work and you're like, how did it take you a week? There was just a bunch of little odd and end stuff of, you know, she would add on and be like, well, you know, are you going to spray Roundup to kill the weeds? Are you going to put a weed fabric on top of that? And there's just, there was so much to it. So just when I say it took us a week, just, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have the equipment. I mean, I didn't even have a truck. I had a, a 97 Honda Accord. And so eventually I had to, you know, borrow my buddy's truck just so I could uh, get a wheelbarrow. The wheelbarrows wouldn't fit in my, um, Honda Accord. And so I had to borrow my friend's truck and, um, pay him, you know, uh, there's so much to it and oh, bad, 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 bad. But in hindsight, I thought in my pride, well, I, I need money and I better take this job cause I need money. But the reality was it took me a lot of time and I ended up losing money. I, I, I paid out in truck rentals and equipment rentals and, and borrowing all, you know, all the time to drive back and forth. Cause I didn't have wheelbarrows and shovels and all the basic equipment you need to run a long landscaping company. I didn't have any of that guys. And so it, it just, the job was not profitable. And so Needless to say, I, I, that was like rinse and repeat. So I, it was at least educational for me. I slowly began, okay, well, next time I do rock, I know it's going to take me a lot longer than I thought. And I started learning as I went with saw. I mean, my first 10 sod installations were <laughs> not good, but I learned the right way to do it eventually through experience, through the school of hard knocks, through the school of experience. But what I realized in hindsight is I should have had boundaries that Paul Jamison Lawn Care in 2011, we should have only offered mowing, edging, and a little finishing touch blowing. That's all the skill set I had. That's all the equipment I had. And if I would have just done that, because there was a high demand, I, I lived in a neighborhood where there was a lot of homes. And then across the street, it was like the same neighborhood, but it was uh, it was across the main street. It was huge. And, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of homes. I would have been busy all summer long cutting grass and making cash. If I would have just stayed in my um, route dense area and I would have stuck to my services. But what did I do? I said, yes, I didn't say no to, there was not one job I said no to. 
If they asked me, do I do it? I said, yes, I'm, I'm up there cleaning gutters. I'm, I'm doing it. I did it all. And not only did I do it all, I did it all over Atlanta, right? If for those of you who have listened to my audio book, Cut That Grass, Make That Cash, or read the book, you know that a real estate agent that same summer contacted me and had me driving that raggedy 97 Honda Accord all around Atlanta to her various listings. And so there was no boundary to my area. There was no boundary to my services and my finances that summer. It was a miracle from God that I, you know, didn't starve or, you know, I was able to continue to put gas in that 97 Honda Accord because it was tough. I I just, I, I didn't do a good job that first several months in business. So I say all that. I know we got a lot of guys that are just starting out in business. The guys that have been doing this for 15, 20 years, you're saying, and, and stick around because we're going to get into it. You don't graduate from vetting customers. You do not. You need to be sharp on this. We're going to get coming up here after the commercial break. We're going to get into the relational aspect of it, but I wanted to emphasize right out of the gate that we need a clarity, no matter if you're week one in business or you're year 21 in business, it does not matter. We need a clarity that the, this is the equipment I have. This is the, the work that I like to do. This is my financial plan around it. And then we, we draw the, the border. This is what I offer. And then anything outside of that, we need to already, you know, predetermine that we're going to say no in this season. Now, there may be a long-term plan that a year from now, I do want to offer that service and we're building our equipment. We're building our knowledge. We're building a foundation. So eventually we can say yes to that job. And we could always tell a customer and ask us, Hey, do you do this service? And we could say, currently we do not, we'll keep your information. You know, perhaps we can, um, assist you in the future, serve you in the future. But right now we don't offer that service. And I'm telling you, you get those boundaries, you, you set them and then you stick to them. And that's, that's a huge gain right there. That's a huge uh, breakthrough in vetting customers is having that established. And I tell you that from the school of experience, I didn't have those established and it cost me a lot of money. It cost me a lot of time and it cost me a lot of stress. And so We'll leave it at that. Coming up after we hear from today's show sponsors, I'm going to share with you the relational dynamic to vetting customers. Coming right up. Do you want to cut your property water utility costs by 30 to 50%? Smart Rain's commercial smart irrigation controller is one of the most sophisticated and technically advanced controllers on the market today. Smart Range Smart Controller comes with a 7-inch display, standard 48 zones, the most intuitive mobile app in the industry, Google Maps integration, and a lifetime warranty. Smart Rain helps commercial properties save time, money, and water with smart irrigation systems. Go to smartrain.net or talk to us at 877-346-3333. That's 877-346-3333. To take advantage of our preseason sale, mention podcast to get $800 off each controller. Hi, friends. This is Paul. It seems like yesterday that the Wendy's bacon cheeseburger was only 99 cents. Now it's about $2. Wendy's did not just double that price overnight. They did it incrementally and consistently over time. It is best practice that we also do the same in our businesses. To help you clearly communicate with your clients about raising their rates, we created our ever popular rate increase letter. 
This plug and play document is simple, straightforward, and wildly successful. The rate increase letter is available for immediate download at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Again, that's at greenindustrypodcast.com. This is LCR Naylor Taliaferro from the LCR Media Podcast, and you are listening to my good friend Paul Jamison on the Green Industry Podcast. All right. So we have already, is a quick summary here. We've talked about having that strategy of services we offer and we don't offer. And there's so many variables that go into that. I'm just vaguely summarizing this because that's a whole nother episode for a whole nother day. And I will, and this is another episode for another day about how we can use technology to set that up because on your onboarding uh, process on the website, you can have the customer fill out their address and then give them a little kind of questionnaire type template where they have to fill out the services that they want and a little place where they can share notes. So you can get a feel for the project, the service area. And then if it's out of your service area or the services that they're wanting are not what you offer, then that's easy. You can already uh, pivot away from that customer in the most professional way possible. And sometimes it is good to let them know, you know, if they're requesting, Hey, we want a backyard remodel with the new swimming pool and this, that, and the other. And instead of saying, Oh yeah, I've always wanted to build a pool. I think I'll give it a shot. You can, you can tell them, Hey, we don't offer uh, that service at the moment, but here's a recommendation to another company. If you do have a reputable, uh, you know, company that you want to pass that information on to just so they have a positive experience with you. And uh, you never know what you offer in the future and what their needs will be. And you always, you know, you, you don't want to just ghost people and you, if you don't have a good recommendation, you don't need to do that. So we'll leave that there for now. There's so much more. I just, I could share about all of that, but I do want to make sure that we mention the person, the aspect, the people aspect, we are dealing with human beings. They have emotions. They have financial situations, just like we have to pay our bills. They have to pay their bills. They have people, you know, they have children and they have parents and they have siblings and they have friends and they have neighbors and they have, they're human beings just like us. And so we can get caught in this um, lie when we're building our business that we think the world revolves around us about our business and that, you know, everything's about me, myself and I, but really it's not these folks have their lives and they have a lot going on and they're reaching out to us because we can provide a service for them that they likely don't have the education or equipment or time to do. And they're willing to pay us to do that service. So where we need to be careful is that even if the customer's job is in our service area, route density, It's in our wheelhouse of services that we offer that we know are going to be profitable for our business. That right there is not enough for it to be a green light because, and if you've been doing this long enough, you probably can say, I've had the exact same thing happen to me. You're out there giving a quote and something just don't feel right. Something's off. You can't really put your finger on it but you just have that bad feeling about this property or that bad feeling about this person, right? And you just ignore it, right? Because they have a Rolls Royce or they have a Ferrari or they have a Lamborghini. All those things have happened to me or they're very flattery and they just seem so nice. And you're like, well, you know, these people seem harmless, right? And then you end up doing the job and then there's something crazy that goes on that affects us. Either they suck the life out of us 
with just how unreasonable they are, or there's something that goes wrong on the property. For example, I had one house that they, they just kept having all these leaks. I think they had like three leaks and it, it just distracted us from getting the, the work done that they hired us to do. We're constantly literally trying to find the new leak and, and repair it. And it just, there's so many times that things like that happen. And then I remember, oh, wow. I remember when I was initially there and I had the yellow flag or I had the red flag and I ignored it. And so it's okay if you feel like there's something off about this property or this person that you don't have to take the job, even if they're in your service area, even if they're in your services provided, if relationally you discern there's something that's not trustworthy about the person, there's something that you don't feel comfortable with, trust that. Because a lot of times, I'd say 99% of the time in my, my case, I was right. I shouldn't have taken that job. And it had some kind of negative consequence. And there's story after story after story uh, that I can share, but for the sake of people's reputations, and I'm not going to use this platform to negatively expose customers and situations that I've been through. I just don't think that that's necessary to do. But I will say that I have had encounters where people really took advantage of me, where people suck the life out of me, meaning it, it, it typically was jobs that were like not my biggest paying jobs. They were jobs that were smaller jobs, but these people took so much of my attention. They, they aggravated me. They frustrated me. They sucked the life out of me. And then I was giving leftovers or my second best to the customers that were kind and generous and, and low maintenance, so to speak, and, and high profit jobs. And they're being affected because of the bad apple, because of that customer that they, they, they want to irritate us. They want to suck the life out of us. They want to be a, a headache to us they, they, and, and things like that. And sometimes it's, listen to this. Are, are you listening? Sometimes it's not even our customer It's their neighbor. Did you hear me? Sometimes it's not even our customer. It's their neighbor. But you go out to give that quote. I'm talking to myself here. I went out to give the quote. I had an uneasy feeling about this property, about this person. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Why didn't I not put my finger on it? Because it wasn't that person. It was their neighbor. That was going to be a hassle, a nuisance, and have nothing better to do with their life than to try to mess with my company. And so we need to be alert. We need to be careful of the customers that we take. So real quick, wrapping this thing all up, have a plan based on what your financial plan is, the knowledge and expertise that you have, the equipment that you have, the employees that you do or do not have, just make your three-month plan for, for the spring rush of 2021 or whatever the next three months are, we are going to offer A, B, C, and D, and we are not going to offer anything else for, for the next three months. I'm not saying that next year you're not going to expand or adjust or pivot, but for this season, Here's what we offer. We, we need to have that boundary established because when we know what we're saying yes to, then we know what we can say no to. And then in addition to that, have your plan for your service area. 
Some folks, you can draw a map, you know, print a map out and put it on your wall and literally draw. Here's where we go. Here's where we don't go. And then once you have those two established, there's the third element. Be discerning with people. Not every apple is a good apple. And and we got to be able to sharpen that discernment skill set so that we can really read people. And if something's off, to have the courage and the professionalism but to just say no and not take on that person, not take on that job because it could be, uh, you know, toxic. So I hope this has helped guys. I know I'm a little long winded on today's show, but this is something that's super important. If we're going to take our business to the next level, we need to take our vetting skills to the next level and never be arrogant to think that we got it figured out, but to constantly be improving and, and resharpening that, that tool so that we can be as, uh, excellent as possible of who we work with, who we choose to work with. So I hope this has been helpful. Thank you to today's show sponsor, Smart Rain. We appreciate them sponsoring today's show. And I want to let you guys know that our rate increase letter, boy, this thing has been helping a lot of folks to raise their rates. Uh, This is available in today's show notes. You can click on that link there get our rate increase letter template, download it to your computer. It says insert name here. You put your customer's name in and then insert date here. You put the date in there. Super simple to plug and play your customer's information to our rate increase letter. And then you can email it out to your customers or you can mail it out to your customers to let them know that their rate is growing up this season because the gas prices are going up. The inflation's going up and our expenses are more than likely going up. What we also need to be going up is our prices. So we've created a professional, simple, straightforward template to help you communicate that to your customers. It's called the Rate Increase Letter. It's available at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. And to make it even easier for you, Mr. Producer will put the link in the show notes that will say Rate Increase Letter. Click on that, and then uh, you can download that template and uh, make sure you get that sent out this spring uh, to incrementally just a little boost to your customer's price and uh, train them up. But that's that's how you run your business, because guess what they'll expect again next spring? That rate increase letter in the next spring and the next spring and the next spring, whatever time of year you raise your rates. I know our friends down in Australia, you're in a whole different <laughs> time uh, season zone than us. Not just time zone. It's like the exact opposite. It's summer over there and it's winter here and flip flopping all around. So you know what I'm saying? At the beginning of the season is the best time to raise those rates. So check out that rate increase letter in today's show notes. And uh, we'll hopefully see you on tomorrow's episode. Thanks for listening. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.